we're going to get right into this thing. So if you got your pens and paper and you really t come and take some notes, la last night we started talking about faith. I'm not going to keep you all night long. And uh, uh, I'm going to get it over to you. And I really feel like we're going to finish what we started. I'm going to recap just a little bit. So this way, you know, I'm not leaving some of you guys like, in, you know, you, if you weren't here yesterday, I don't want to leave you kind of like we're going ahead. And then what is he talking about? You know what I mean? <clears throat> so and then I got something I want to drop on you. I really feel the Lord, the Lord is good. And um, with that, God really wants to help you go to another level. I really believe I don't believe it's mis a mistake being here. You know what I mean? I think like God does things in timings and seasons. And I really believe that it, uh, I'm talking. It's like a faith seminar. And I, you know, I prayed about it, asked the Lord. He said, you know, go that way. So I, I really believe if God's getting you guys prepped up about faith, you know, and your beliefs, there's probably some 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 things around the horizon. You know, it's going to take great greater faith. You know what I mean? In a way, like you're going to have to make a step of faith. Amen. And uh, I really believe that. I believe people make those decisions in life that, hey, I'm going to another level. You know, no matter what it is, I want what God has for me. Amen. And it's going to take faith to do that. So we're going to look at the Word of God, find out what faith is. We did that, and we're going to look at some stuff. One of the things I want to let you know is this. It's really not on God. It's pretty much on you. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you to get, don't get all like, you know, don't, I'm not here to like pressure down. But really, all things are possible to him that believes. And if we're going to see it, we've got to believe it. See, the currency of heaven gets moved with faith. But last night we were talking about, if I don't know what faith is, how do I know I'm going to receive from God? And that's what we were talking about. What is faith? Remember? A lot of people got a lot of definitions of faith. Right? They'll tell you, oh, faith is you believe, you receive when you pray. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, it's evidence is not seen. Faith is this, faith is that. But what we did yesterday was we explained that faith is simply a belief. Faith is what you believe. Your belief is your faith. Amen? And we got to understand that because if we don't understand, because here's the thing, if you don't know what you believe, we got a problem before we even start. See what I'm saying? And that's what it is. Well, I, I, am I in faith? Am I not in faith? And we look through the Bible, okay? I don't want to go back over it. You can get the CD, right, and all that stuff. You can get some stuff. You can listen to the first part. But I got to get you to a place where you understand faith is a belief. So what you believe is your faith. You know what you believe. Jesus used faith and belief interchangeably all throughout the Bible. So a simple, easy definition for faith is what I believe. So now watch this. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? right? Well, we talked about this. Well, faith comes as fast as you can hear, but what happens if you don't, what happens if you don't accept what you hear? Then faith goes just as fast as faith came. See, the key with faith is this. Faith has to be released. Faith by itself will not produce what you're looking for. Faith has to have a release point. Okay, I'm going to talk about the release side of it because you got to. It's kind of like this: you got to have it to let it loose, and if you don't have it, you can't really let it loose. So you got to understand how it works. Faith simply, after it's been formed, you got to release it. Okay, I'm going to show it to you, but this is what you got to see. This is really good. Okay, just go slow. I'm going to take you to a place in a minute. I'm going to show you something. This whole thing is based on your beliefs. Okay. And nothing's impossible to him that believes. That's the God's honest truth. But the problem is, like I said yesterday, we got a lot of times where we were believing stuff, expecting stuff, looking for stuff, promises, things. Didn't look like it worked out the way it was supposed to work out. And therefore, we're kind of like, we're not in unbelief per se, but we're kind of like, well, you know, it happens every once in a while kind of mentality. You know what I mean? Every once in a while, you get a break and something happens. Every once in a while... Stuff happens, you know what I mean? But that's not it. Faith works the same every time, all the time, if we learn how to operate in it. It's a law, okay? You understand? Yep. Romans says it's the law of faith. Is gravity a law? Yep. Yeah, well, you, what happens if you jump out of a building? You fall like a rock. <laughs> what happens if you're screaming on your way out the building? Like, oh, I don't believe in gravity. Bam, you hit the ground. Doesn't mean, what, whether you believe in the law or not, the law is there. See what I'm saying? So faith is a law. So watch this, okay? Let's just say, anybody know about electricity? Anybody in here knows about electricity? Like wire and electricity? Can anybody know anything about that? No? You know a little bit? Okay, right? So I'm the kind of guy, right? I get this brainstorm one day. I don't know, one of the fans went out in the house or some jazz. My wife buys this new fan. I'm like, oh, I could do this. Right? So I go in there. I pull out the instructions like all the guys do. You know, I don't need half this stuff. I could figure this out. And I start putting this thing together, right? And as I'm putting it together, I don't know what goes to what, and I think I know what it goes to. So I'm like, 
I don't understand nothing about electricity. I'm like, shut the whole house off. You know what I mean? Like, shut all the power off. I like wired it, and then I went downstairs, opened the breaker box, put it back on, tried to see if it worked. It didn't work. I was like, well, that ain't right. Undid it, went back. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Why? Because I don't understand that. So I got the guys at the church, right? They're doing a project one day. They put a 220 line in. You know, they say 110 is more dangerous. I don't know what that means, but they put a 220, you know, the big fat cable. I'm like, and they had wires. They had wires like hanging out the wall, like live wires. And they're like, I'm like, did you guys like shut the power? They're like laughing at me. Like, no, pastor, you can do it like this. You guys just, you know, and I'm going, I'm like, man, I did the fan at the house. I'm doing, they said, don't ever touch another thing in the house again. We'll do it for you because you're dangerous. You're thinking you're dangerous. That's not how you do it. And I, I said, what? And I, I got it because you know what? There's laws to electricity, correct? There are laws of electricity. Like they kept the lights on. Come on, right? They keep, the, they keep the AC working. They got the mic working, right? The laws of electricity. As much as it will keep you warm, keep you cool, and do all this stuff, it'll kill you if you don't know how to work it, right? You put wires and you touch stuff you shouldn't touch, you get electrocuted. <coughs> come on, right, guys? So what am I saying? But if you don't know the laws of it, come on. Somebody could stand there with open wires and they just wire it up and go. They understand the laws. If you understand the laws of flight, right? That's what you figure out. You can fly a plane. You got to understand the laws. Well, guess what? Faith is a law. There are certain governed factors of faith that if you work it, it'll work the same every time, all the time. Right. The thing is, if you can't figure out the master key of the laws of faith, guess what? It's going to be a maybe every once in a while thing. It doesn't have to be. Faith can be a guarantee all the time thing. Yes. But you got to, you see what I'm saying? It's a law. Gravity's a law. If you don't believe in gravity, who cares? It's still a law. So you got to understand the laws and how it operates, okay? So what I'm saying is this, faith's law is that what? You got to get this now. Faith's got to be formed, but faith's got to be released. See, we don't talk like this in the church. That's the problem. And then we expect everybody to come in and figure the thing out, and then it doesn't work, but we never really gave proper explanation. And that's, that's what I think. Well, how do I get a promise to come to pass? My God in heaven, the Bible says I'm supposed to live by faith, walk by faith. We talked about this last night. Walk by faith, protect myself with faith. You know, you know what? You know what? I, I had a, I had like, a, I, I, I envisioned something. Like I didn't have a vision, vision, you know what I mean? But I envisioned something one time. I envisioned like, you ever see those guys? You ever see those guys, they fight with those big Q-tip looking things? You know, those pugil sticks or whatever those things are? You know, those big puffy things on the end and they got these stick. And I watched these guys make like ultimate gladiator thing or something, right? These guys are in there and they got this cage on their head. And they're beating the tar out of one another with those Q-tips. You know, those huge Q-tip sticks. Bam, bam, right? And I said, man, I said, when you could see that thing coming, you know what I mean? And you get whack with that thing. You know, these guys fall off the thing and they're like fighting with this. And I said, man, that's like the devil's doing to some people. They don't know he's coming, man. And he's just whacking them with this thing every which way but loose. But they don't know how to lift up their protective shield to stop this. They don't know how to stand against the, the, the wiles of the devil. you got power and authority over all the devils. Yeah. Amen. 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 I've been in worse. I've been in India like eight times. I went to other places, all over the place. Man, they brought some really wild stuff. And I was like, man, I got nervous when I seen some. I first preached. Oh, I'll tell you what. You want to hear something funny? My first preaching crusade. Yeah, I went, right? I go to my buddy. We were in America. We're going to go to India. It was funny. The guy just reconnected with me. He's hilarious. You're going to love this, right? So, you know, you hear all these cool stories about everybody going on the mission field. It's all great. You know, oh, I went to the meeting. There was like thousands of people and thousands of people and they all show up and it was great. Man, everybody got saved and woo, it was great, right? So I get on a plane, you know, and we're getting ready to go. My buddy says, hey, we're going to go and here's what we're going to do. You're like the sidekick guy. You know, I'm like, I'm cool. I never did this before. I, I don't know what to expect. So I'll be the sidekick guy. You be the main guy. I'll be the sidekick guy. And this will be great because I don't know what I'm doing. So I was like, yeah, he's like, let's go. We're going to do it. And I was like, well, you know, and it was really cool because I, I and here's the thing here. You're learning a lesson. I didn't have, I didn't have the money like set aside. And I was like, man, he's like, no, I'll buy your ticket. You just come with me. It'll be good. I said, okay. So I'm going to be the sidekick guy. You be the, I was like, what do we do? He's like, listen, as soon as we get there, you know, we get there. He gives me the scoop. He's like, you get there. Listen, we're businessmen and we're not doing none of this stuff about this meeting. So, okay, cool. Get on a plane. People start asking me stuff. What are you doing? Why are you going into? I'm a businessman. I'm on business, you know, I wasn't lying, you know, and I had a, I have a business, so I was like telling the truth, so I was like, yeah, I'm a businessman, right, I am, <laughs> and I go, I'm a businessman, everybody asks me, I'm a businessman, we get off the plane, and there is a bus with my picture plastered on the side of it, and I'm going to tell you, it's really bad, he tells me, send him a picture, well, the only picture I got with him was at his wedding, we look like two morons, I got a corsage on, I swear to you, I got a picture of me with a corsage, he's got one, it was at his wedding, 
I was like, I don't got no pictures of you. I'm not like, you know, like, you know, I'm not my wife. I don't know where she keeps this stuff. I was like, I wasn't even married then. I was like, I don't know. I guess it's the only picture. So they put this picture. So picture this. I'm in this foreign nation. We're not even supposed to be in this state preaching the gospel. We're not supposed to be there. And I'll tell you more about that, right? And I'm there, and I got a picture of me on a bill on the uh, side of a bus. It's it gets worse. I go, dude, there's a bus with our picture on it from your wedding. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're probably promoted the thing. I thought, I thought we're supposed to not tell anybody we're here. Well, guess what? Cat's out the bag, bro. They know we're on the side of the bus. I start, I get in the bus, right? I don't know what to expect. I get in the bus. They start driving me down the road. There's billfolds. They pay, what they do is they paste them and they stick them on the wall. Everywhere all over the city. I'm driving down. I'm like, bro, not only are we in the bus, we're on every wall. We're riding by. You see our face? We turn the corner. There's a billboard. I swear to God. I'm not exaggerating. I said, there's a billboard with our face. Plastered on the thing with the corsages, dude. What are we? What do you? What do you get me into? And I thought, we're, can we get in trouble doing this? We get this thing, bro. There's like four or five thousand people in this place, right? I couldn't even remember. I couldn't see like where they had it. it was weird. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not stretching numbers. It was true because these guys tell you there's all oh, there's ten thousand people. There's not. There's like four to five grand in there. And I don't know who's doing the pre. He's doing the preaching. All these guys are doing the preaching. They put you in these grand poobah chairs, you know, with all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'll sit here, right? So I'm like, this is great. Whatever, cool, right? Let's do it. Yeah, we got our face all over everything. The guy comes to me beginning of crusade. He goes, you see that guy right there? I said, yeah. He goes, that man right there is the police commissioner. And he could shut this whole thing down if he wants to right now. It's getting better. Great. What else can happen? Might as well just go to jail while we're here. You know, I'm like, what the heck? Wrap it up. He's like, his wife's here. She's sick. Make sure you really pray for her. I'm like, yeah, we'll pray for her better than anybody else because I'm not going to jail, bro. I've been there when they took my passport another time. They took my passport. I started laughing. They think, I said, no, they can't keep you here. Three hours later, they were sweating. They came back. But you know what I mean? So I get there. I'm telling you a story. So I get there, right? I'm waiting. You know, Benny Hinn. I watch all these guys. You see all oh, these great dudes. are going to be great. So I get up there. So my buddy, they lay out the track. Here's what's going to happen. I'm just going to do this. I'm gonna, we're going to preach, okay? And then we're going to call you the last 15 minutes. You're going to get up there like the evangelist. You give the altar call. You do it. You bring it with everything you got. All right, cool. I got it. I got 15 minutes at the end. I'm good. How long are we going to go? We're going to go like an hour, 45 minutes preaching the word. These guys are going to rip it up. And you got the last 15 minutes. You bring it home, okay? I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. I'm sitting here. Got to pray for the sick guys. Why? Pray God, whatever. 15 minutes, I'll handle it, right? Great. 15 minutes, how can you screw this up, right? Just get up there, tell them Jesus is everything. Let's go, rah, rah, rah. Hit them with the thing. Let's get out of here. Great. Okay, we get there. And I can't, just no exaggeration. There is not a, I, this is not a fabricated story. They start playing worship. My, my, my buddy gets up there. And while he gets up there to start preaching a little bit, a water bottle came flying out of the audience and, and, and they threw it at him. I said, what in the heaven is going on here? This is not like they told you in Bible school. Right? I'm like, this is nuts. While that happens, he said three words. This lady hits the floor, starts bouncing around on the ground. This other lady starts bouncing. These people manifest. It's, it's off. This buddy of mine, my great friend, who to this day we laugh about this, he preached eight minutes. He goes, and now I'm going to call up my friend. I said, your friend was only supposed to take 15 minutes at the end. Your friend, your friend, your friend is not really down with this, bro, because this atmosphere is breaking you. He got cotton mouth. He had like white foam. He looked like he was manifesting, bro. He was so, because you don't expect this. I thought they're supposed to embrace me. You know, I'm like, they, they threw water bottle. Another water bottle came from while he was preaching. I was like, oh, my God. I was sitting in that chair like, whoa, I want to see what you're going to do with this. I know exactly what he did. He quit and gave it to me, and I'm like, oh, great. I, I, I thought, you know, that's when you look like, who's your friend? I'm like, is somebody else here? Because I'm not going up there, right? And while this is taking place, they're doing all this crazy stuff. And I'm going, and he goes, and here comes my friend, the evangelist. I'm like, who's your friend, the evangelist, bro? I'm from New Jersey. I ain't never been like nothing like this before. I don't want to do this. Right? I'm nervous. And this lady's manifesting like crazy. Right? So check it out. So I'm sitting in the seat. And I kid you not, the Spirit of God said these words. And I know this joker's coming to get, he's calling me up there. And these words whispered in my spirit. I never forget them. I was like, I could, they're like live for me today. He said, in the, in the spirit of God on the inside, said, in the next three steps, you'll figure out whether you're going over or under. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sitting in his grand poobah chair. This dude flaked out and quit on me. I got no help. And what did you say? And the spirit of God spoke in my spirit. He did. He said, in the next three steps, you're going to figure out whether you're going to go over or go under. 
And I said, what are you, what are you talking about? Go, what do you mean, go? How, what's this got to do with me? This is your little gospel extravaganza. What's this got to do with me? I'm thinking, you know, your head is, your mind is flying, man, because you're, you've got pressure, man. And the Spirit of God said, in the next three minutes, you're going to determine, you're going to determine whether this thing's going to go over or go under. And I never forget as long as I live. I didn't have the ability to chair. But I had to make a choice. This is not a story about me. It's a story about you. You're going to determine whether this, the power is waiting. The anointing is waiting. The ability is waiting. But it ain't, you don't get it in the seat. You got to take the steps to go. I got up there, took three steps. The anointing came on me. They dragged a lady on the platform. I don't even want to get in all that. They just dragged her up there. I'm like, well, leave her down there. Don't bring her up here with me. I don't need her near me. Leave her down there, man. She's the one that threw the water bottle and flipped out. No. And literally, I seen the power of God deliver like I've never seen anything before in my life. And you want to know what it was all about? The power is there. The anointing is there. The ability to do what God has called you to do and greater works. I'm, not just, I'm talking about be a businessman. The anointing is there to be a businessman or woman. The power and ability of God is waiting for you. You're not waiting for him. We're standing around waiting for God. God's waiting for you. You step out in faith. If you can find it in that book, say yes and amen, you can step out on it. That ability will show up. But the ability doesn't show up when you're sitting in the seat. The ability doesn't show up when you're, you got to go, you got to release towards the ability. That's when something will take place in your life. God doesn't just, God doesn't give it out if you're going to sit mobile. You got to take steps of faith. See, believing something is one thing, but activating it by going forward and it will produce the results of it. Look, look over here. Okay. Come with me. I can show it to you. All right. Look here. I'm not going to keep you long. I told you that because like sometimes people just go, where are you going? I'm going to, you give me like 20 minutes. We can get this. Go to Luke chapter four. I want to show you something. You all right? You doing good? All my Bible people are good. And that story worked out good in the end. Everything happened great in the end. I didn't get arrested. Praise the Lord. But it was good. But I'm telling you, what was the lesson in that? The ability is waiting for you. It's the step of faith. It's not hearing. You got to take actions. You got to walk towards you. You got to speak it. Okay. Go to Luke 4.18. This is going to really help you, I think. You doing good? Look what it says in Luke 4.18. Okay. Praise the Lord. It says here, the Spirit of the Lord, is, he's prophesying out of Isaiah. Jesus comes in. Let me just, uh, let's just do it like this. I, 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 um, let's go to 16. Sorry about that, Jordan. Um, yeah, because it, it'll read better getting it from here. I want to give you something. I want to show you something, okay? Okay? Look at this. It says, and he came, he's talking about Jesus, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and it was custom. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. There was delivered unto him the book of Isaiah, right? The prophet. And when he had opened the book, right? When he opened the book, he was found in the place where it was written. So Jesus basically, he goes in the book, he opens up to Isaiah, and he starts reading the Bible. Okay? So now watch this. Check it out, right? And he opened the book of the prophet Isaiah and was handed him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written. Well, he found out what was written about him. And he repeats it to the people, but watch what he does. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, he had to preach the deliverance to the captives and the recovering of the sight of the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Look at verse 20. Closed the book. He gave it again in ministry. He sat down. That was the end of the Bible reading story. That was the end of his message. Praise the Lord. Somebody said, I wish we would preach like that. No, we're not. And the eyes of all them that were in his synagogue were fastened upon him. Now, Jesus goes in there and when he opens up the book of Isaiah and reads what was prophesied about him, he's getting ready now to take the onslaught of criticism that's going to come. Because what he just told them was, I'm the fulfillment of what you heard in that book. Okay? What he's saying. But check this out. He walks into the synagogue. He, oh, can you imagine Jesus walks in, he opens the pulpit, he goes, boom, he drops the weight and says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay? Now, the Spirit of the Lord is upon all of us now in the New Testament church. You know that, okay? But here's what I'm saying. When he drops it, he goes, the, come on, I'm trying to get you. Now, listen to me. This is really important. That's why I'm not, this one's deep, so stay with me. It's not hard to understand, but it's deep. You got to see what he's saying. Comes in, he opens the book. This scripture today has been fulfilled in your ear. Faith comes by hearing. He gave him an option. He just gave him the greatest option there ever was. The man, watch this. There was, there was, a, there was a man at the pool of Bethesda, correct? Okay. What, what, let me just give it to you, right? What would happen? An angel would come down, stir the water, first one in the pool. What would happen? They would be made whole. Y'all know the story? Yeah. Does anybody not know the story? Okay. 
what would happen was this. What would happen was an angel would come down. Jesus goes there. He pushes through the crowd and he said, hey, you, you want to be made whole? The guy said, yeah, every time I try to go, somebody beats me to the water. Jesus said this. He said, take up your bed, rise up and walk. What does that mean? That means I'm shifting the way things get done. It's not going to be like that no more. If, now watch this. That was a word of knowledge because it wasn't time yet. If Jesus would have put a soapbox up and stood up and started preaching, a bunch of people could have got up and agreed with the message. He had a word of knowledge and went to one guy. What do you go to one guy for? I got news for you. I really believe this. That guy was sitting at the pool before, when Jesus was a baby. Come on. 38 years he sat at the pool. Hello? That means this guy, this guy's been sitting there a while. Jesus said, no, nah, we ain't doing it like this no more. There's a new way. What's the new way? You believe what you hear and activate what you hear. Take up your bed and walk. Come on, the man that was let down by four through the roof, he got to where the power of God was present to heal, but you still had to do something when you get to the power of God. He said, take up your bed and walk. Come on, right? You got to activate that power. The power is available. <laughs> Are you ready? Here, watch. I, I'll, I, we'll stay here. Is this okay? You doing good? Let me, let me show you. Is this all right? You doing good? I'm not losing nobody, right? I'm not. Just sometimes you got to stretch when you're thinking about this stuff. That's why I'm saying that. I know you guys are smart and you got it. And I don't want to miss. Watch this. You want to see something? All right, keep your hand there, and we're gonna we're just gonna float for a minute here, so I can get this over to you. And I think uh, I think you're gonna see this. Uh, I'm gonna go, I'm just gonna change it up just a minute, and I want you to see this thing. All right, um, go with me to John. Um, we're gonna look at this just for a minute, okay? Go to me um, to John chapter six, verse one. Keep your hand in Luke. Go to John six one. Everybody, all right? Okay, you doing good? So you got this. What am I doing? I'm trying to get you to activate, right? John 6, 1, okay? Verse 1. You ready? And after these things, Jesus, okay, went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and where a great multitude found him, because they saw the miracles which he did on the diseased. Jesus went up in the mountain there, sat with his disciples. It was the Passover, it was the feast of the Jews, nigh. He said this, when Jesus lifted his eyes, he saw a great company coming to him, and he said unto Philip, hey, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? This he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. So Jesus goes, hey, look, we got all these people coming. How, we, how, how can we, come on, right? How are we going to feed them? Right? So he's, he's trying them out. Okay? And what did Philip say? Philip's like, well, I, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? How are we going to feed the multitude? Jesus sees the multitude comes. He goes, well, how are we going to feed them? Look what Philip said. And he knew this saying was God. So Jesus said like this. So now let me show you something. Jesus can't ask you to do something. There's not a supply to pull off. That would make them unfair. He can't ask you to do something you couldn't do. He can't give you a promise to something that you could not activate. You just got to understand how to work with the supply that's here. Okay? You got enough faith to get what you need. He gave you the measure. The measure was enough. Okay? Faith comes by hearing. You got the measure. You could do anything. You could believe God for anything and see it come to pass. Okay? So I got I to like pull it together because today, this is what it is. I know you believe, but I got to get you to activate what you believe. Believing ain't enough. You got to release what you believe. You see what I'm saying? Right. Believing is one part, but you don't move towards it, it doesn't release. You got to believe and do something. You got to think, say, and do. Okay? To release that. If faith is what I believe, I got to activate my beliefs. So look what he says here, okay? He tells Philip, he said, What are we going to do, Philip? Philip said, This is a great idea. He said, Philip answered, said, Hey, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone make a, may, may take a little. So he said, Philip, he said, What are you going to do? So Philip said, There ain't enough money to feed all these people. You know what Jesus said? Philip, good job, great answer, good try, go sit down. Because that ain't going to meet the need. Andrew gets up, Andrew gets a little better. Andrew shows up next verse. Look at this, look what Andrew said. Andrew said, right, he said, but one of the other disciples, uh, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, hey, there's a lad here with five barley loaves, two small fish, but what are they among so many? Here's a young guy. He said, well, I got, a, I, got, I, got, I got some loaves and some fish, but this can't supply the need. What did Jesus say? Hey, do me a favor, Andrew, go sit down. Why? Because you guys ain't doing when you, you don't understand how to work with the law. So there's a law. There's, there's a law, the anointing. There's a material ability to pull this off. You just don't know how to use it yet. It's okay. Now watch what happens, okay? Watch this. Jesus says, give me what you got. See, that's the key. You don't need more to get what you need. You've got what you need to get what you need. Let me show you this, right? I know that I lose, you lose people with that. You don't need more faith. You got enough faith right now to get what you need. 
You don't need more anything to get what you need. You just got to release what you got. Because Jesus took the loaves, he lifted them up to heaven, he said, blessed it, and what did he do? He kept breaking the loaf. When Jesus broke the loaf, the miracle of what? The miracle of provision was released. Okay? This is not just money, provision. When you say provision, people go, oh, money. It works with money even. Because what do you do? Watch this. When, even in the area of money, what do you do when things get tight? You want to keep what you have. You don't want to keep breaking off what you have. The miracle kept happening every time Jesus tapped the law. I hope you can get this. You will. Okay? Jesus tapped in the law of supernatural provision. He knew what he was doing. But here's the key. He knew. Everybody says, oh, if I get more, I can do more. No. What you have can get you what you need. You just got to take the chance and release what you have. Every time Jesus would hold a loaf and break it, miracle provision was happening. But what ha when did the miracle stop? The miracle stopped when he stopped breaking the loaf. The miracle stopped when he stopped breaking the loaf. Well, guess what? God will keep the continuation of supply in every area. That's a miracle. That's not just a money miracle. That's a provisional miracle. That's a miracle of God. But here's what he said. Philip and Andrew, do you know how to work this law? Because if I'm asking you to do something, there's a way to produce provision in your life. But you have to understand and recognize how the law of faith works. He trusted God. That's why guys like Branham and those guys you watch in the day, they understood the law. Once you get into the law, how in the world could these guys, these guys are getting creative miracles. These guys are doing stuff that's insane. Wigglesworth was off the charts. You know what Wigglesworth said? He said, when I got to the end of my faith, that's when the faith of God kicked in. You got to get to a, there's a law. There's a supernatural place where you understand God can do exceedingly anything you ask or think. Amen. But you got to get to the end of your rope. You got to take a step and believe that it's going to be waiting for you when you get there. All right. So what do you, as he's breaking it, what happened? The provision kept happening. But what happened when he stopped breaking it? It stopped. So what's that? Andrew Phillip, if he asked him to do it, he said, I'm trying to prove them and see if they know what they're doing. We didn't know what they were doing. Is that bad on them? No, it's not bad on them. It's like we got to learn, okay? I believe Luke 4 is a key to the operation of the anointing. And I, I'm going to tell you what. You see, he said the Spirit of the Lord's mind. And they get the same rebuttal. He got the same rebuttal he gets everywhere he goes. And this is why you got to fix it. So what am I showing you with John 6? John 6 should get you pumped up. That if he said there's provision, then provision is ready in every area of life. The thing is this. Let's go back to Luke. You're doing all right. Come on. What's that mean? That means you could tap in. I like to say it like this, and I'm not, I don't, I know that you get levels of believers and stuff. There's ability in it, there's ability because the glory of the Lord has filled the earth. You know what I'm saying? So, Prescott, slow it down. What's that mean for me? That means anything God ever asks you to do, there's ability in you to take the step of faith to connect to it, to pull it off. So when you, now watch this, you say, well, God doesn't tell me nothing. He gave you a book. He told you everything. You open that book and you see that book and you got marriage problems. I don't know. And you're going, what in the world am I going to do? You take your faith, you release that and you say, guess what? This thing's got to turn around. You got money problems. You take this book, you find that word, you take your faith, you put it together, you release the ability. You say, God calls you to the ministry. Okay. You take that book, you take your faith, you put it together, you release, you take a step. God will put you in the ministry. See, this is what I'm saying. People think this. I don't have enough to get to where I got to get to. You got everything you need. You have enough to get you there. It's just that you got to release what you have. Now, watch what I'm saying. Because this is what people do. Now, now go slow. Luke is going to explain this. Thing. I've never seen this before. I, when I read it, I was like, oh, man, now I get it. Okay? Now, just watch this. This translation might even help. Okay? Now, watch what Jesus says. Okay? Now, just watch it. Close the book. Everybody looks at him and goes, what in the world is going on? Right? And he said, great, here you go. And they began to say this day, this scripture will be fulfilled in your ear. And all bear witness and wondered at the gracious word which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said to him, is this not Joseph's son? As soon as, now let me explain something to you. As soon as God puts it on you, they're going to try to take it off you. I got a sermon, man. I got a sermon I preach. My God. And I said, man, and I call it, um, <laughs> It's good, man. I don't even know what I named the thing. But I said, oh, yeah, I called it the, uh, the quote my father gave me. Because I'm different. And you become unique in the body of Christ. And Joseph's coat was different. And the world will try to take that thing off you. Don't let nobody take that coat off you. You understand what I mean? I, I called it, I got this series. I said, the coat my father gave me. That's what I called it. It was good, man. It was about Joseph. Because once, they, once you put it on, they're going to try to take it off. You understand what I mean by that? Like your uniqueness. Once you got it on, they're going to try to take that coat off. 
They're going to try to, they're going to try. Ain't you Joseph's boy? Come on. That's what they said. They're trying to pull off. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I've been anointed by God to be here today to help you. And as soon as he said that, what'd they do? Ain't that Joseph's boy? Ain't that the carpenter kid? Who you think you are? See what it is? Once that anointing comes on you or whatever. Now, look, I'm not trying to get, well, I'll explain it to you. He's trying to get them to connect. I'm trying to get you to connect and you're going to see it in a minute. But here's what I'm saying. Some of you, there's, there's a place coming on you. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, hey, you know what? God called me. I might be different in my gifting. You might be different in your ministry. You might be there. And when you put that thing on, sometimes people look at it and they critique your anointing or your calling. They look at your coat. You say, your coat don't make no sense. Why you got a coat like that? Why, you, why is your coat like that? So what you think people are going to get excited about, they're gonna, they might hate you for it. You know what I'm saying? How many of you called, how many, how many, how many you got preachers in here? You know, you called to the ministry. Remember when you got called to the ministry? You're like, I'm called to the ministry. Yay. You thought everybody was going to be happy. No, they got mad and jealous and started hating you some people. Come on, right? Some of you got, got all excited. Look at my coat. Ain't it pretty? They're like, no, that thing's stupid. Take it off. You, I'm being serious. You'll see what I mean. Sometimes your uniqueness gets messed up. You know, let me break it down to you. You go to work. You're all excited about your Jesus. You start preaching your Jesus and they're like, shut up. We don't want to hear it. But you got it on. That's your stuff. You got it on, you know, and you're trying to be like what you're supposed to be and do what you're supposed to do. And that, you know what I'm saying? Come on. I'm telling you, it's true. Don't let nobody take it off. What do they do? They say, ain't that Joseph's boy? They're trying to take that thing. Who does he think he is? Okay. Now watch this, right? Look at this. And watch this. And they said, and he said this. He said, now get this. This is what really gets in there. He said, yeah, you said to them, you'll surely say in this proverb, physician, heal yourself. Whatsoever you've heard here in Capernaum, do also here in this country. Right? So what are they saying? Oh, you all that. Let me see if you can do what you've been doing everywhere else. Do it in your own hometown. They're giving them a hard time. Watch this. He said, yeah, I'll tell you this. He said, no prophet is accepted in his own country. You know what he's saying? You're rejecting my message. You're rejecting my message. You want to know why they were rejecting his message? Because they didn't want to receive it from him. Okay? But that's not the point I want you to see. The next part is the point I want you to see. If you can catch this point, it'll change your life. I didn't, I didn't catch where he was going with this. Look at this. Okay? Now watch this. Now this is good. Okay? But I say the truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when what? When the sky was shut up for three years, six months, when a great famine came over the land. I saw, what is he doing? So right away, i never seen this. I'm like, Jesus, what are you doing, man? Like, why are you talking about, why are you talking about when you shut up heaven from the rain? And Elijah. Okay? Now just watch this. Okay? I'm going to read it into King James and then when he reads it over there, Okay, he said, and he said to him, you'll surely say to me this proverb, physician, you know, okay, good, no prophets, okay, great. But I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months with a great famine, all right? And he said, but none of them was Elijah sent uh, to save unto Serpta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. Look at verse 26. And Zerapath, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Elijah was sent to none of them but only to Zerapath and the, in, in, in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. You know what that is? You know what that is? That's the widow woman. Bake me a cake, baker's man. Bake me a cake as fast as you can. You know the story? It, rain, it ain't raining. It's dried up. There's famine everywhere. Elijah's at the brook. God said, okay, too comfortable. Dry the brick up. No more raving. It's over. Get up and go to a place I'm going to take you. Where are you taking me? I'm taking you from a place of provision and bringing you to a land. There's a lady there. She's going to connect to you, and you'll see what will happen. So Elijah, right, shows up there in a, in, in, in a mess. Worse than where he was at the brook. It's worse. It gets worse. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Okay, right? He goes to the worst place, right? And guess what he says? He's like, what am I doing here? He asked her for a drink. She brings him a drink. And the next thing he said, he said, hey, he said, hey, lady, what's going on? Give me something to eat. She said, give me something to eat. You got to be kidding me. She said, I'm going to make a cake. Me and my son, we're going to eat it. We're going to die. What did he say to her? He said, give me the cake. Can you imagine if we did that? I'd be on CNN if me and you did that, bro. Give me the cake you got. And that's the end of it. Come on. Are you putting this together? He said, give me the cake you got. And everything's going to be all right. Now watch this. He goes, he, what, did he, what did he say? He said, give me the cake. What did she do? She obeyed the command. What was the command? Give me what you got. 
It'll get you what you need. Now go slow though. This is the part I like. He said there was many widow women in the day. Many women widow, what? Many widow women. Many widow women in the day. But this one widow woman, she obeyed. She obeyed what? She not only, she obeyed the message. Come on, the command. Come on. Come on, she picked it up. Watch this. He says, he goes a step further. Watch this. Then he, I, I never noticed this. I didn't know that's what he was talking about. And why are you talking about her anyway? Okay? Watch this. It gets better. Same thing, right? He said to him, hey, yeah. Okay, great. He said, yeah, he, she did. Look at 27. And there were many lepers, look at this, in Israel in the days of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed, but only Nahum the Syrian. You remember what happened with him? Nahum was there, right? He was with the servant woman and he had leprosy. He's like, well, you know, great. She said, hey, buddy, you know what? I got this guy, man, this man of God. He can, he can heal you. You got leprosy. Why don't we go down there and see what he says? Good idea. Why don't we do it? Goes down there and says, hey, Elijah, here I am. Bangs on the door, said, hey, help me out. He said, walked out, said, hey, go dip yourself seven times in a dirty lake. He said, I'm not doing that. He said, well, stay a leper. Do what you want to do. That's your business. Walks away, goes home, leper, right? Servant woman came back. What'd she say to him? Come on, man. Wake up. If he asked you to do something hard, wouldn't you have done that? The guy only asked you to dip in a dirty lake seven times. Why don't you think about it again? He said, okay, what do you do? Reconsider, went down a dirty lake, dipped himself seven times. What? Got a miracle and leprosy disappeared. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What'd he do? He obeyed the message. He obeyed, he obeyed the command. Jesus is, I got it. I caught it. I caught it. I caught it. You caught it too if you're really hearing me. And you are hearing me. You know what he said? He said, look, he said, you got to put faith with this word I'm giving you. See what I'm saying? He said, how come? He said, there was many, he said, there was many widows in the day, but one widow got it. There were many lepers in the day, but one widow got it, right? One leper got it. Look what he said here. And all they in the synagogue that heard these days were filled with wrath and rose up to thrust them off the side of the, come on, off the city and lead them down through the borough of the hill and go through. Why? Why? Because they didn't want to hear it. Listen to me. They didn't want to hear it because they wanted to reject it. Okay? But here's the thing. How did the one widow woman get it? She believed the message. How did the leper get it? They believed the message. Listen, guess what? Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And guess what? The spirit of the Lord is upon the message. When you hear the message, that message will produce whatever you hear in your life. But what do you got to do? You got to accept it for you. That's the difference of getting it and getting a miracle and getting the provision and getting whatever you you got to say, that's my word. And here's the big thing. You want to know what we do in the church? Well, are you specially anointed? Because Pastor Chris, if you're specially anointed, I'll believe what you tell me. What do you got to be specially anointed about? Get over it. It's the word of God. Put your faith in the word and say, you know what? I'm going to believe what the word of God says about my situation. Not what I feel, not what I think, not what I see. Now I care. Why? Because if we put somebody up here, if I say, hey, get up there and say what I'm saying right now. If she got to go, Chris, get up there and say what I'm saying. Say what I'm going to sit down and you teach, right? She gets up there and goes, hey, you know what? Now, let's just talk about the spirit of the Lord. If she says in there, she goes, healing is for today. Guess what? She just prophesied. Everybody, you know what you're going to do? Oh, that's Chris. What kind of special anointing does Chris have? No, I don't need a special anointing. I need the words anointing. And I need your faith to activate that word. And once your faith, let me tell you, you got a sure more word of prophecy. It's laying in your lap. It's called the Bible. And if you could take your faith and put it with that word, you could transform your life. But here's what we do. See, we stop, we stop dreaming when we hear these messages. We stop believing. You want to know why? Because we didn't see people get it. And we think, well, they didn't get it. Why should I get it? And then you got faith failures. We all got them a little bit. Let's be straight. Where I tried it, it didn't work. So why should I believe it now? And I know what happens. You come in a meeting like this, and you've been in 42 other meetings, and you're believing, what's going to be different with this meeting that happened the last 42 times I went to a meeting? Well, I'm going to try to help you and see you and let you know this. The difference is you're going to put your faith in the Word of God, and the Word of God is going to produce exactly what it said it's going to do, because Jesus said the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. Guess what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon us, and whatever he said we could do he's been sent with the anointing to remove your burden destroy your yoke set you free deliver you from your situation demonic activities gotta go stuff's gotta go problems gotta go health and healing's gotta come stuff has to transform your life not because i'm saying it because he said it but i'm gonna back it up and i'm gonna agree with it and so are you and when we agree with it guess what we're gonna do we're gonna give it access into our life to transform our life there's an anointing for every situation in your life there's 
There's an anointing to remove every single bondage in your life. There's an anointing. The anointing's in the Word. It's the power of God to change your situation. The problem is we come in and we hear it and we reject it because it didn't work the last 40 times we tried it. But we're not trying it now. We're doing it. And if it didn't work, guess what? We see this problem. Well, you know what? You know what did? We got this new thing in church. Everything's got to take forever. No, it doesn't have to take forever. You know why it takes forever? Because people abandon their belief they stepped out on. You never, you don't have faith problems. We got abandonment problems. Because, like, remember our little board? Right? Some of you were here for this, some of you weren't. Right? And we built the word. Now, watch this, right? This is what we did yesterday. You got you to gotta, watch the video, right? The word forms, strengthens, beliefs, beliefs, govern, think, say, do. This is the action side of it. This is the release side of it. This is the side. Hearing the message ain't enough. Got to activate this message, okay? Now watch this. Think, say, do, right? Think, say, do. What's coming out of your mouth? What actions you got? What you're doing, right? These should start governing your life. But here's what happens. When we look on this side, you step in faith, and this is usually what we do. We look to our senses to tell me whether faith is working. That's why you abandon. Let me show you what happens, okay? We go to what we call, you call it like sense knowledge. Really what it is, it's flesh. Okay? We get fleshy in it. Because we go looking to faith in the natural. We see this, okay? This is what happens. We pray, we believe, but number one thing, unchanged circumstances. We look in circumstances don't look like they're changing, so I guess it's not working. Come on, guys. You believe, right? You go to church, get all excited, yay, on Sunday. Then you release your faith, and then you look to see on something on Thursday. You don't see nothing happening on Thursday, and what do you say? I guess nothing happened. Guess I got to try that again. Come on, right? You got to make sure you understand. You can't look at changed circumstances. You can't look at your emotions, right? I feel like I got it. I don't feel like I got it. You go up and down. These are abandonment things. You will abandon faith if you go look into the natural to tell me whether this stuff's working once you release faith. Okay? Because faith's got to be released. You can't... Now watch. Let me just show you this, right? There's a key. You can't... Fear? Mess you up. Fear will mess you up, man. That's why you fight fear harder than any... You... Every single time... You, the reciprocal of faith is fear. It is. So when you step in faith, fear is going to be there. That's what happened to Peter. I got like eight sermons going at once. Don't worry about it. Right? Just, no, it's good though because it'll go over better. You know what I mean? Because like sometimes you try to be like, if you're clean with it, it doesn't really connect. It's better to go with the flow of it and you'll pull it together because everybody will pull a little piece out and see what you need to see. Hmm? Watch this. So Peter, right? Peter sees Jesus, okay? This is a bit, yeah, that's good. I should say it like that. Peter, first place, you can look at Matthew and all these places, but let's just give it to you to overview. Peter, is hanging out, and Jesus comes before them, right, and gives them a really great question. He goes, who am I? And Peter goes, man, some say, you know, some say you're Elijah, some say you're John, I don't know, we don't know, we're figuring it out. And he goes, no, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter all of a sudden gets a wild revelation, bam, download from heaven. Boom, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. So Peter hears in the spirit, correct? Jesus goes, great, now that we've got a level of you hearing in the spirit, let's start talking to you some serious stuff. Jesus goes, man, Simon Barjona, you didn't get this from your flesh, man. You got this from my father, which is in heaven. You're ready now. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Jesus gives him the play-by-play -play of what's going to happen to him. Peter finally has identification with Christ, okay? Because he didn't really know who he was. But when he told him he was the Christ, he had identification, as soon as the identification took place of who Peter was, Peter starts hearing what Jesus has to go through and goes, I don't want to be identified with you no more. Because the pain of the cross is something I don't want to ever feel. And Peter says these words. They seem to be very, very, very purpose-filled at the moment. He says, over my dead body, bottomless is going to happen. He wasn't concerned about Jesus. He was concerned about himself. The Bible says, thou savorest not. Right? Savorest means you're not interested in what I'm interested in. That's what savers means, basically. You're not interested in what I'm interested in. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. He goes, get behind me, Satan. He goes, you're not, you're not into what I'm into. Well, was he really Satan? No. But what was he saying? You're opposing my purpose in life. So get it. Number one, Peter hears in the spirit, but he can't walk out what he hears. 
Okay, that's what happens to a lot of people. I hear it, but here comes the pressure to it, so I can't walk out when he spoke to me. God called me, but walking it out's hard. God told me to go do something. See, that's the hard part. See, going and do something's hard, even what you don't want to do. You understand? Well, you got to do what you don't want to do sometimes, even if it doesn't make sense. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, there's new things. You know what I'm saying? Well, God's speaking to you, the new stuff. You got to walk out. You know what I'm saying? You got to, hey, it doesn't make sense, but you got to walk it out. Come on, guys. You know what I'm saying? You got, you hear and you got to walk it out. That ain't easy. Because then he started seeing the self-sacrifice and all that. I don't know what Peter was seeing, but I know this. It sank him. Now watch this. Here's in the spirit. He can't walk it out. Does that make sense? A lot of stuff we heard. We start taking the steps. Gets hard. Oh, my God. Did, what do you say? You ever go to church? You know, y'all go to church? You ever lift your hands during worship? Carrie did a great job today, too. It was really good. Right? We're doing worship, and God says something to you, and then you get in the car, right? And you're like, God, was that really you? God, if it's really you, let me get all green lights on the way home. Come on, God. Is that really? You know, you're weeping. Oh, God, Jesus, you're in worship. You know, God's like, my son, I love you. You're going to do great things. My daughter, you're a woman of God. You're going to be a life changer. And you're like, woo, you got tears. Oh, praise God. You get in the car like, God, was that really you? We didn't even get in the car. We're doubting what he said. My God in heaven, you're going to walk out the mission. You know what I'm saying? So it's not always easy. It takes faith to continue forward progression. So what am I trying to show you? Here in the spirit. Okay, here's the next one. Peter has a really cool one, right? He's chilling out in the water. Jesus freaks everybody out with his little sideshow thing, right? Walking on the water. And he gets there and Peter sees in the realm of the spirit and goes, and it was legit to see in the natural, but he was really seeing the spirit. He goes, I'll show you why. know why? He said, bid me come. What? That's stupid. What are you doing walking on water? That had no implication of anything for anybody but Peter seeing something in the spirit that he's seen Jesus do, an identification. If you do it, I want to do it too. If you could do it, I want to do it. See what I'm saying? There's a draw. It doesn't make no sense. Jesus said, come. You want to come out here? Come out here. You can. Jesus is defying laws. You understand? How do you make... You no, know, I like water. You want to see something cool? You'll love this. Right? He got so good. Check it out. Right? Jesus got so good with water. He took spit, made eyes. He took water, made wine. He took water, pulled off miracles. He got so good with water, the law of water, he started walking on it. See, I'm telling you, man, you don't think there's, there's, there's a way to go over. But the thing is, is you've got to understand the element of supernatural ability. That's cool. Don't even get it all deep. Check it out. Bid me come. He said, yeah, come on out. He gets out there. You all know the story. He saw in the spirit. It was cute. He walked out there. Now, I'm going to show you in the end why it's important. He gets out there. What's he do? Ooh, this is cool. Look at that Jesus. Y'all know. Y'all got no serious, right? Oh, here. Don't you keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, everything's going to be good. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Pray that. Right, whatever. He takes his eyes. He's sinking in the lake. Jesus reaches down and picks him up. Watch this. Jesus, right, gets in the boat and everything goes calm. Right? I've heard that before. Jesus went in, still the water, still everything gets calm. You ever ask yourself this question? Peter's out in the water, it gets stormy. They get in the boat, everything goes calm. Question, answer. What's Peter's problem? Jesus goes, oh, you know what? Uh, Peter started looking at the wind and the storm and all the drama, and he got afraid. Just like he got afraid what he heard the first time. And he got, got in trouble and got back in the boat and got messed up. But here's the question of all. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, no, I understand it. It's always like this. Every time I'm walking on water, it gets stormy. Every time I'm standing in supernatural, it gets wacky. Every time I'm walking through and walking in. See, I don't know. Somebody told you when you step out and go do or when you believe and you go forward that it was going to get calm. It ain't going to get calm. It's going to get wacky. It might get wackier than it's ever been because that's what natural's trying to do. Natural's trying to tell you, get back in the boat. You're not supposed to be out here. This is crazy. Go back in the boat. Every time you're in the supernatural, natural is going to scream to you and say, go back in the boat and get out of here. You're not supposed to be out here. Go back in the boat. And here's the thing. Jesus is like, no, you know what? I got so used to it, it doesn't even bother me. When I'm out in the boat, guess what? The storm winds, the waves beat, the thing goes crazy, but guess what? I'm used to it. It don't bother me. I, I, I kind of understand it. You don't understand it. What do you do? You go back in the boat and you sink. Come on, you'll get out and you'll sink. Why? Because we don't understand that when we get out there, fear, because fear is all around faith, telling faith, stop it. 
You're not supposed to be doing this. You can't do this. So when you step out and you believe or you go make a step, guess what's going to show up in your back door? Fear is going to show up in your back door to try to tell you stop. But you can't stop. You got to keep going forward. Come on, you understand what I'm talking about here? Look at this, man. I'm telling you, get this part right here. You got to step out, and when you step out, you got to go forward. Look, I'm going to give you this thing here. I, I, I'm going to do this. This will kind of show you how it goes, right? Look at this thing here. Go to Mark chapter 5, okay? This, is, this will help you see it. Look at this. Look at this for a minute here. I'm going to give it to you here. Let me just show you this. Um, so I don't want to go too early on this thing. I don't want to read all this. Uh, mm, we can start with verse 21. You ready for this? Look at this. This is what you got to see. Once your beliefs have been released, your faith's going to get tested. Okay? Your faith's going to get tested. But here's the key. I got news for you. If your faith can't be tested, it can't be trusted. You know what I'm saying? It's true. It's got to, it does. Now, here's the thing. God doesn't bring the test. See, I think God gets a bad rap for a lot of stuff. Like, God gets a rap like, oh, God's testing you. God said, I don't test you like that. But here's the key. You're going to get pressure to let go of promises. It takes faith to get every... There is, a, there is a law in the New Testament church. It's the law of faith. That's the only law there is. You know what I mean? Everybody's like, oh, you got to keep this law. No. The only law you got to keep is the law of faith. Everything you do, you got to do with faith. If you don't do it with faith, it ain't going to work. And if one ain't going to work and it ain't going to please God, okay? So give me five minutes. I'll explain this. We'll pray for you, all right? So no, this is good. Are you getting where I'm going with this? You got to step out on it, okay? You got to put it together. When I get out on it, it's going to get wacky. Don't worry about it. It's supposed to get wacky. Take where I told you tonight and go with it, okay? When, when Jesus, look, you hear the message, you're going to read your Bible tomorrow, you're going to hear the same word of prophecy out of there. You're going to have to agree with it. It's up to you whether it comes to pass. Let me ask you a question, guys. Come on, cute little Christian Bible student you are, right? I'm serious, right? Uh, how can Jesus tell you to every promise in that book, yes and amen? He don't know me. He don't know how, he didn't, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he don't know what I'm going to do. You know, how can you tell me before I even show up, yes and amen? He's promised your kids right now, yes and amen, everything in that book you can have. How could you say that? You, don't, you, you know my mission, my plan, my, how could God look at you and go, every promise you see in that book, yes and amen, you can have it. Is that not true? You can have every promise in that book, yes and amen. Can you not? Well, how in the world can you say that? You don't know me. You know what I'm saying? God, of course, knows, but you don't know what the decisions I'm going to make. He said, yeah, but if you can get to a place of faith, you can have it. Anything in that book, I'm no respecter of person. If you can believe it, you can have it. Are you seeing that? Are you getting that? Well, what, what, what's it say about me? You better go find out. You better go get in there and dig it up and say, man, my God, I got faith. That's why you got to get around a good church and learn the word of God. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys are doing because it's very important. Yes and amen, I can have it. Yes and amen, I can have it. That means every promise in this Bible, you can even have healing. Anybody can have healing. God's got miracles. You could be laying on a deathbed. You might need, oh, I, you got three minutes to live. He got three minute miracles in that book. Yeah, you might be like, say, oh, I need a financial break. He got financial break. I had a guy at my church. I had a guy. He was almost a million dollars in the hole. A million dollars in the hole. They're coming from every direction. I said, God can get you out. God will get us out. I said, I promise you, God will get us out. Last time I talked to him, he had $25,000 left on a note and some other stuff, and he had to go rebuild stuff. God got him out of almost eight, eight hundred and something thousand dollars of debt up until that point. It was almost a million dollars, eight fifty out. How you get out? Faith. That's pressure, though, but you can get out. Miracles, he'll get you out. Marriage problems on the brink of signing the papers at the courthouse. Miracles. Why? Wow, faith can change anything. Now, now you got to have cooperation of people, though. You know, if somebody just wants to be stiff-headed, let them go be stiff-headed. You know, certain things you can. But you know what? I'm in control. You're in control of your life. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? So what do you do? When you get your system going, I got the word. I got beliefs. Now what do I do with my beliefs? I got to activate my beliefs by what I'm believing by what I'm saying, by what I'm thinking, by what I'm saying. Confession's key. He'll teach you confession when I leave. You better shut your mouth, and all due respect, and not say nothing different than that Bible says about you. You know what scripture used to bother me? 
Couldn't stand it. When I was coming up, for God to be true, but every man be a liar. That scripture bothered me. I was like, I don't lie about nothing. What are you talking about? You ever think that? You know, like, I don't know, maybe you got a better revelation to me. You, right? Huh? I was like, well, for God be true, but every man be a liar. I'm like, well, every man's a liar? I started thinking, are people all liars? And then you start thinking about the people you know. You go, yeah, pretty much. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? right? And I said, yeah, we probably all do lie a little bit. You know, like a little white lies, they call them. I don't know. But I got it one day. I said, oh, I get it. For, every, for God be true, but every man be a liar. What's that mean? Every time me and you say something different than his book, we're lying. That's where, for God be true, but every man be a liar. You can't come up with man's opinion and put it up against that word. You're lying. So if you say, I'm sick, you're lying. If you say you're broke, you're lying. Oh, I just want to talk reality. I don't want to talk reality. I want to talk unseen realm faith. God didn't say, I speak reality. Yeah. Oh, I walk into the situation, I speak reality. He said, I call those things that be not as though they were. Yeah. I speak things into existence. Yeah. People say, are you going to be a confession cop over my mouth? Yeah, you better be. You get hung by your tongue otherwise. You understand what I mean? Yeah, you go, don't say it. Don't say, it. and now here's what I'm saying. But here's the thing: you got to believe it. Here, I can get in confession. My God, I mean, I, 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 I should teach this stuff on confession. I got this stuff on confession, man. I'll tell you what, because we don't really realize this. Job jacked himself up with his mouth. Job said this: "Cause me, show me where I have caused myself to error." And you know what it says in the Bible? And I think you were at New Life when I when I was there when I talked about it. It was really good. What I said was this: if you study it out, you'll see it. The Bible says that Job says. He said this. He said, remember when Satan came and said, hey, Job, you can have, God's like, hey, go get Job. He said, no, there's a hedge around him. He said, okay, go ahead anyway. How did Job know there was a hedge, right? Job didn't, but the devil had more sense than Job. Job the devil said, I can't get to him. There's a hedge around him. God just said, okay, just go give him a shot anyway. See what happens. You know what the Bible says? It says in Ecclesiastes, it says, where the hedge is broken, the serpent will bite. How did he break the hedge? But the, the hedge is broken, why by, by a perverse mouth. When you say something different, you break the hedge. God's put a hedge of protection around you. Don't talk anything else but it. God's put the place. See, this way you can't talk yourself. Don't talk yourself out of the blessings. You got to teach your mouth what to say in every situation. And you want to know why you want to say something different? Pressure. Pressure. You want to know why the devil wants you to say something different? Pressure. He don't want you tapping into those promises. The Bible says every word. There ain't no idle words. Come on. Every word. You understand what I mean? Every word, you're going to be judged for it. Your words got power. Your, here's the thing. Want to know where your words got power? They give access. Okay? Give me. I got to wrap this up because I don't want to keep going on it. But this is, okay. You know what I mean? You all right? Are you getting all this? I'll give you like the combo pack all one. You like it like that? Yeah. It's good. You getting it? I'm giving you a lot and a little, but don't worry. You get it. Watch this, okay? You see this? When Jesus heard, look at this. When Jesus heard, what did I tell you? 20? Yeah, 21. Perfect. And when Jesus passed over again in the ship on the other side, much people gathered, and behold, there come one of the rulers of the house, Jairus, by name. When he saw him, he fell at his feet. He said, hey, J Jesus, help me. What? He said, my daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come lay hands on her that she may be healed, and she shall live. Jesus said unto him, cool. Right? This. He said, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed. Ain't that funny how Jairus said, come lay hands on her? He must have heard that he was laying hands on people. See, you put, you put the place of faith on Jesus, man. You see what I'm saying? Women with the issue of blood's coming up next. So, right, Jairus goes, hey, you come and lay hands. We're done. We're wrapping it up. You take your hand, you lay your hands on her, she's going to be made all. Watch this. And he saw him greatly. Jesus said, he said, he went with him. Many people followed. You see that, verse 24? Many people went with him, right? Watch this. And there was a certain woman which had an issue of blood. Here comes the woman with the issue of blood. She entered, she, can you imagine Jairus? Here's Jairus, here's Jesus, here's everything. Jesus said, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go lay hands on your kid. He agreed with it, right? As they're walking through, here comes the woman with the issue of blood. She pushes through. Jairus was there. And boom, touch her. Hey, somebody touch me. The whole thing comes into play right now. Woman with the issue of blood. Bam, she busts in. So Jesus like going in Jairus' house. You want to know what? I, I want to know what I really believe. You want to know what I believe? This is a Sarnoism, so you cannot have this. Do not, do not quote me on this. But I, I, think, I think he got, I really do. I think, I think once he heard that he had to go to Jairus' house, he slipped the switch and stepped into the anointing of healing. Never heard that before, did you? Yeah, because he was going. He said, what do you want me to do? I'm going to go lay hands on her. He went game day mode. He picked up his briefcase, went to work, Jesus. He wasn't playing it. When he knew he was going to go preach, it says he would preach, he would teach, and he would lay hands on the sick, and he would do the work. He went to work. 
So once the need came in, Jesus put activation mode. Boom, he flipped the switch. Now he's energized, man, to go lay hands. He's like, I'm going to the house and lay hands. I'm in the gift right now. I'm in a gift. Boom, that gift came on him. This one with the issue of blood, she tapped into that power and sucked it out of him. She had faith. He was in motion to go bring healing to Jairus' door. That's where his mission was taking him. And he said, and she turned, boom, and she said, he said, power left my body. He was charged up, man. He was in healing mode. She reached in, touched him. Once she touched him, power went out, sucked it. Man, the ability out of him. He said, man, somebody touched me. You know the whole story. Come on, guys, you're Bible people, right? He said, oh, who touched you? I don't know, my God in heaven. How many people said, they touched me. Power went out of my body. She laying over there on her feet and on her knees. I'm sorry, Lord. You know, basically being remorseful. You know what I mean? It was, you know, basically saying it was me in layman's language. He said, daughter, your faith made you whole. Don't worry about it. Go in peace. Right? Yeah. Great story. You imagine Jay Harris? I would have been jacked. Wouldn't you have been jacked? Yeah. Dude, we're going to my house. This, this lady kind of busted in on the processional going to my house. We're going to my house. Let's go. Let's go to my house now. You got a break, man. She, he, he didn't even want to pray. Man, don't you see it? He didn't even want to pray for you. You aren't even, he wasn't even going to your house. He's going to my house. You just busted in on a prayer session. We're going to my house. Uh, lady, go home. Bye. You healed. Beat it. Look what happens. Look what happens. Look what happens. Right? Keep going. She grew worse. Who touched me? 31. Daughter of thy faith made 34. Daughter of thy faith made the whole go in peace. Look at 35. While he yet spake, there came a ruler of the synagogue's house who said, hey, your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the master. Your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the master anymore. You see it? Now watch this. Watch the next verse, 36. It's cool. But Jesus overheard what was being spoken, said, in the, said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid any longer, only believe. Stop! The minute Jesus hears something contrary to what Jairus was getting ready to do, what did he do? He said, don't you be afraid. King James says this, same thing. He says, be not afraid. Listen to King James, same thing, right? He says, and as soon as Jesus heard the word, he said, be not afraid, only believe. You seeing it? You see it? Don't stop believing. And I, I'm telling you right here now, this is what I think Jesus did. I'm telling you, like, would you say, don't be afraid, only believe. Because right now, it's, uh, what are you going to do? Because it's up to you. What you will do right now in the next minute is going to determine what I can do. So you could, you could keep me flowing or you could cut me off. What are you going to do? See, you got to get it. The word is on assignment to take away from you what you got in you. You understand that? Yeah. Why, that's why you've been hitting those roadblocks. Yeah. See it? And what did he say? He said, don't, don't be afraid. And what did Jairus do? He didn't get afraid. And what did Jesus do? He went to the house and he rose her up from the dead. See, you got to get something here, guys. You got to get this, right? Every time you step out, faith, fear is going to be around you. You understand? See, remember, you stepped out and then it got hard. You thought it was going to get easy. It doesn't get easy. It gets harder. You thought it was going to be this, but it got that. It's not. What you got to understand is this, is that sometimes you're going to take a step of faith and everything around you is going to say, this is crazy. You got to understand, once you release it, opposition is going to come. Because here's the thing. The enemy knows this, okay? The enemy knows, situation knows, everything knows. If, 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 if you can get a breakthrough in this thing, you'll start learning how to operate in the law of it. You'll keep doing it. So I got to stop you getting your momentum going. Because once you see this stuff works, guess what you're going to do? You're going to keep working it. So I get faith, form, beliefs. Oh, faith is simply what I believe. After today, you're going to go, okay, praise God. Well, where do I believe? Where do I find my beliefs? From the word of God? This is what you're going to do. I'm wrapping up the whole two days right now in two minutes. Ready? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go, okay, faith is what I believe. I'll put the whole thing together right now. Here it comes. Ready? Boom. Faith is simply what I believe. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing what? The word of God. You're going to go find out what you need. You got needs in life. You got desires in life. You got plans in life. You got goals in life. You got stuff you want to go do for life. You want to, You got a ministry. I don't know, business guys, right? I got business guys all over. I got my business guys. They're making more money than they ever made. You want to know why? Faith. Teach them faith, okay? Faith in the kingdom work together, right? Okay, that's what I knew. So who's got something, right? You got a problem. You got a healing issue. You got this. You got that. I don't know what it is. You need this, money, whatever, life, right? What do you do? I'm going to go find the word. What am I going to do with the word? I'm going to go find the word of what it says because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Once I get the word, what am I going to do? I'm going to make sure I believe that word. And if I don't get enough proof from one, I'm going to go get three, four scriptures. 
What's going to happen after I get that belief? Now I'm going to form a belief and I'm going to strengthen my belief and keep going back. And now I'm going to start governing. What am I going to do? I'm going to think, say, and do. Kenneth Hagin gave one of the best analogies when he prayed, right? It's cool. Beautiful play, right? He gave this analogy. It was so cool. He said he went and prayed for somebody. Prayed for the boy with the little club feet, right? Kenneth Hagin said this. I'm not name dropping, but he went and he prayed for lady, blind eyes, popped open, prayed for a boy with a little club feet, the little club feet. He said this. He said, the power of God went out of my body. And he said these words, he coined this phrase. He said, keep the switch of faith turned on. He said, every time you think of it, say. Every time you think of it, say. Well, where does faith start? Faith starts in your thinking. Think, say, and do. Every time you think of it, say. That's what the mama did. She went home every time she thought of it, she said. Thank you by my little boy's feet. Power of God's working in the healing and the cure. Next thing you know what? Those feet went straight. Why? Because every time you think of it, say. So now I know what I got to do. Think, say, and do. Where's my action? My action. What do I do? I start activating towards the action. Once you do that, guess what's going to start? You're going to start releasing faith. James chapter 2. Pastor teach on it soon. James chapter 2, right? What is it? Words. Right? Words and actions. You got to get them to line up. But here's the thing. Guess what's going to show up? Fear. Fear, doubt, unbelief. Try to what? say something different. Say something different. Say something different. Say something different. Do something different. Say something different. Say something different. Don't say nothing different. Don't say nothing different. Say what he says. You know what I mean? Once you make God's word your word, then you're going to get it. You get what I'm saying with that? So put it together. It's a lot, but you got to pull it together because I got two days. I got to get it to you as fast as I can. You know, you go get some CDs and listen to it, but put this thing together. Once you do that, you're going to see some change in your life. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Let's stand up on our feet. Amen.